The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Co-host from Chris, you there? I'm here, James. Well, Chris, we got a great show. Every show is great. You know, Abe, you there? We got Abe back. Abe, you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. How you doing, James? Um, well, we got somebody with you today, so both of y'all going to have it on y'all. And we got former right. NFL player, Nancy Glasgow from Seattle Seahawks. You that, man? I'm here. I'm here waiting on you. A dollar waiting on a dime. How you doing today? I'm <laughs> <laughs> doing good. Glad you took time out, you know, to be on the show. I know you're always busy, but um, you always find time to get on the show. I appreciate that. Well, you know, you always have some pretty good topics, and I enjoy them, so it's not a problem. Well, I got a great one today. I mean, I couldn't even sleep. I'm just smiling. So, Chris, you know, Dallas lost, Seattle lost, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to let you guys talk. We're going to start off, Ned and Abe. Um, um, we figured Dallas was going to lose sooner or later. But my thing is, Abe and Ned, now while all this talk, they want to put Tony Romo in so fast. And, you know, the, the young guy just had two bad games. Which, what do you think about that, Abe, first? You know, well, I, I, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was disappointing, and uh, I, I should have listened to you, James, because uh, I, you know, I I, uh, I went to sleep after watching the game, and then I get up in the morning and I, and I went to work, and uh, and I get a text from you because you were off that day, and. Uh, I could tell. I could tell just from the the text you were smiling while you were texting, and so I guess I had it coming to me uh, for all those other times that you know we uh, we talked about about them winning and losing. But uh, you know, I will say this. Uh, you know, the last time that New York beat them, they uh, they went on a 11 game winning streak. So uh, from here on out, I, I I think they're poised to to keep winning uh, from here on out. I mean, at least I, I hope that's the case. But uh, as far as uh, the Tony Romo situation goes, you know, from what I understand, I don't think, I, you know, Jerry Jones and uh, Garrett, they're, I don't think they're, they're, uh, they're looking to, to put uh, Tony Romo back in just yet. You know, I think the only, the only way that they would put him back in there is if, uh, Dak Prescott were to get injured and not be able to play, so the, the you know uh, that that whole that whole deal. I think we we can just put that to rest right now. I think they're going to continue on with Dak Prescott 
Dak Prescott. You know, I, I'm, I, I think he's, he made a few mistakes in this last game that uh, I'm sure we, everybody uh, uh, can learn from. And hopefully, you know, he doesn't make those same mistakes in the future. So, you know, like it, with that being said, you know, I, I think they're, they're in a good place to, to start winning again. So hopefully that's the case. Nesby. Hello? Yeah, you, you, Nesby. Yeah. Oh, my opinion? Yes. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Dak is the guy that they, they need to stick with. Uh, I, I think he's, he's made so many plays as a young player, and you're going to have those peaks and valleys, but, you know, let's at least give him an opportunity to see if he can rise back up to that mountaintop. Uh, you know, uh, that's been Tony's issue his entire career is that, you know, in, in the, the marquee games that you need and must win, you know, uh, he hasn't always been able to, to, to make that, uh, make that happen. I was going to say, you know, he's kind of like the, uh, since, you know, you, you're, you're such the, the golfing pro, uh, uh, the golfer from, uh, Spain that, you know, as much as people have really thought that he was going to be the, the guy battling Tiger, you know, he's always the guy that finds a way to lose. So, And and, and the same thing, you know, to a certain degree, could be said of a Tony Romo. So, you know, you got a young kid that you know, has a real good arm. He's mobile, athletic, uh, seems to be bright. Very articulate. I mean, he has everything going for him that you want in your quarterback. Uh, great team chemistry, uh, great team leader. So, you know, you, you can't, uh, snatch the rug from under, from under him because of one hiccup. So, I mean, let's see if he, if he grows from that. And, and that really starts to tell you what kind of player that you have because, you know, you're going to have those ups and downs, but it's those players that when they have that down, they can't ever get back up. So, you know, so you, you need to give them that chance to get back up. Yeah, Nesby, I, I agree with what you're saying. And uh, James and I have talked about this a couple times, even with Abe on the show, last couple weeks about Dak, you know, where the last two games against the Minnesota Vikings and the Giants, you know, he's basically shown some weakness and vulnerability. Um, you know, he's, he's and, and during the two weeks, he's completed just over half of his passes, um, and he's also doubled his sack rate. So uh, he he is showing vulnerability. He is showing some 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 kinks in in the armor that they have have on him. Um, and uh, other teams are starting to notice. But I, I think you're right. If if moving forward, if if he comes out uh, this this next week against the Buccaneers, you know, and and shows that he's the same Dak Prescott prior to these two games, then I think all all will be forgiven. Oh, I'm, I'm sure all of them are forgiven if that occurs. Now, you know, if he gets on that other track again, then that's when you start talking about, you know, you know, maybe we need to give him some more time to grow. But, uh, you know, you want to always make sure that, you know, when a, when a guy rises to the top the way he does, that you give him some wiggle room before you say, you know, we need to snatch her up and him and, and let him regroup. Right. You, you know what, Nancy, I was thinking about, um, I was talking with Abe, and I was telling Abe, I was like, people getting all these films on there, I said, sooner or later, week 14, 15, they're going to figure them out. 
And I remember calling you, Nezzy, when um, Seattle was in that Super Bowl and that pass for interception. Remember that? Yeah. And we talked about that. And I was like, God, why would you do that play? And how? And he's like, watch film, watch film. And that's how he knew that it was there coming. Isn't people starting to see film on deck, you know? And seeing what well, well, you, to do well you, know, you know, you know what I've always said about rookie is that even if you go to the playoffs, you know, back when we played, you know, it would be you know ten, eleven games. So now you have like you know twelve, maybe thirteen games. It, it's just once you get past that, knowing that the NFL is more even more physical than college, some guys just the the, the wear and tear on their body. Because their body's used to really, after you know, ten, eleven games, twelve at twelve at most, that your season's over with. So now you have four more, five more games than what you're used to having to play. And sometimes it just takes a while for your 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 your, your body to, uh, I guess, recalibrate. You know, just because you know, once you get over that rough spot, typically then the body does make an adjustment. And that's what I'm hoping that happens to Dak is that, you know, he's had he's had to shut down because his body has told him that, you know, your season's supposed to be over it. So now mentally, you know, he has to almost, no, he doesn't have to almost, he needs to brainwash his body to say, hey, I have more I need to do. And it's always that rookie year is, to me, it's always the toughest year for a, a college player to make that adjustment because, your last four years, if you played, you know, three or four years, it, it's been a short season when you compare it to how long NFL season could be. Hear that eight? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear. You know, but uh, on the other hand, you know, the fact that he is a rookie and it took him, you know, this long to to uh, show some of those vulnerabilities. That's you got to give the guy credit for that. I mean. Well, no, you do, and and that's and that's why I say, you know, he would be the last guy that you know you'd have a, that short rope on, you know, because you know when you look at what he's been able to do as a rookie quarterback, which once again, you know, is, is probably, you know, if not the one of the most toughest positions to, and I think it is the most toughest position to really make that transition uh, from from college to the pros. You know, he's been able to compete at a high level. And more times than not, you know, as you look at his record, he's helped this team win. He hasn't gotten in the way of them winning. And he hasn't, as you say, not done a whole lot to help him win. He's actually gotten away and made plays that you can look at and say, man, that was a hell of a throw. Man, he bought some time, you know, avoiding that play, you know. Uh, so he's, he's one of the main reasons why they have that, the record that they have right now. Absolutely, I I couldn't agree with that any. I couldn't agree with that any more. You know, I mean, you you said it. You said it perfect there. Well, but not only are teams, you know, finding out about Dak Prescott, but Ezekiel Elliott. You know, he used to he he would be able to run run the field. Teams are starting to slow him up a bit, so he's he's not getting as much productivity the last couple of games either. So moving forward, you know, I. I they still got to play him. They should play him because he, you know, he's like one step away from 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 getting open and and scoring another touchdown. You, you know, again, I, I, I bet you if the if the NFL ever did some type of time timeline analysis and looked at you know 
compare a player's first year to a second year, and especially, you know, if, if numbers are, are closer, I bet you they'll find that that first year, more times than not, the player's numbers are going to be better. That means that, that first half of the season. But in that second year, you know, who he is, you know, he's going to be solid all the way through. You think that's what happened with RG3? Oh, I, I think, you know, not knowing him, I, I, I know that's, that's one of the reasons. Uh, the, the, the other thing, too, is that, you know as well as I do, is that, you know, when you get to the National Football League, the things you can do in college, you can't always do in the NFL. And then mentally, for some people, that, that destroys who they are. That destroys their self-confidence, their self-esteem. You know, because they've always been able to make those throws. They've always been able to make those runs. They've always been able to make catches, you know, run down the field, pick a guy out, and all those kind of things. Now all of a sudden they can't, or it's a lot harder, and they have to be on top of their game each and every week. And so it's not just a, a, a wear and tear on the body physically. There's, there's even a, a more pull on the mental side because all of a sudden, you know, like I tell people all the time, there are so many great college football players that become average guys in the National Football League. And, and you can look all the way down the list. You can look at the number one draft choices that, you know, kings have made and, 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 you know, count on one hand every year, you know, which guys are difference makers. Right. The, you know what? the other issue the Cowboys oh, yeah. are having is, you know, that they're, they're only converting two of 24 on third downs. You know, they're only 2 of 24 in the last two games, which is not good. And what's oh, the only solution know, I see is they, they have to do better on first and second down. In the same sense that if, if they're only 2 of 24 and, and, and that's two games, then I, I find that hard to, to put that on the quarterback. You know, uh, to me, there's too much talent, you know, on the Cowboys, not to be able to convert better than that. You know, you, you have, you know, one of the all-time greatest tight ends, you know. You, you have what everybody's saying right now, at least the first half of the season, the best running back. You know, you have, you know, one of the best young quarterbacks. You know, you have a, a badass, savvy, wide receiver, you know, that ain't, that ain't scared. Nobody else will get in front of him. And he makes plays, so... You know, you, you have to figure out how to execute and, and get those guys open or get those guys in position to help him. You know, I can't believe with that kind of talent, that offensive line, that they're, they're 2 or 24. I mean, that, that's obscene. That makes no sense to me. You know, so, you know, as an offensive coordinator, I'm looking to see what's going wrong because I have too much talent to be looking at that. You know, we, we should be, you know... 24 attempts, we should have at least 10 that we're converting or more, not two. Is that eight? Oh, yeah. You know, I, and, I, and I think that, you know, the, the adversity that they're facing right now, you know, uh, that th- this is going to define them as, you know, whether or not they're a championship team or not. You know, uh, if they can overcome this, you know, if they can get back up and keep throwing punches, you know, they're they're uh, that that's gonna that's gonna define them as a, a championship team. You know, and hopefully, you know they uh, 
they get back on a winning streak and uh, they continue to win. Right. Chris, I think, man, you, you know, go ahead and ask. I'm going to say, if, if they limp into the playoffs, they're done. And, and, and you know, they, they, so they can't afford to limp, to limp into the playoffs. I mean, you know, they, they, they had two of, of the best young football players in the National Football League. So some of these old guys on the team may have to figure out how do we reset and get our wheels back on the track, on the right track, and, and go into the playoffs going back up again, not going down, not even keeping games close, but, you know, dominating teams because they, they have enough power. You know, they've always had great offensive linemen. They, they have enough people to, to beat a defensive line down and impose their will on them. And, you know, so they got to figure out, you know, how do we get back to that again? You know, how, how do we get back to Ezekiel, you know, running up and down the field again? You know, but most of all, you know, uh, Tom Callen was my defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. And he would always talk about third down conversion. He would always say to us, we can't let an offense get more than 33% on third down. He said, that's it. That's the cap. That's the number. More times than not, if you can hold them under that, you're going to win games. So if they're getting two from 24, that's less than what, what, 1%. Like, so you know, I mean, our 10%, that's like, wow, really? And that's, that's, that's terrible. And you can't win any games if you can't keep the chains moving. You know, because what happens is your, your defense is on the field all game. They're tired. They're getting run down. They're emotional. You know, they're saying, what the hell, offense? You know, when you're on, you're on your load again. So now you have dissension within the team. So they need to win games and become that united front again where the offense and the defense are playing at high levels. So I was, I was telling Chris and Abe that Dallas needs that loss. You don't think so, man? Because if, like you say, they had limped into that playoff and got lost like that, they're done. You know, I think yeah, they yeah. needed that wake-up call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say they needed it, but now that they've gotten it, they, they, they better get it figured out quick because, you know, the, the worst thing you can ever do is go into a playoff Olympic because, you know, you're not going to turn around and, you know, because guys play at a different level in the playoffs than they do the regular season. So if you go in there limping, you, you, you're done. You know, stick a fork in you. So, Nesby, how many playoffs were you in? Let's not talk about it. <laughs> no. In my 14 years, I was in two playoff games. And and you felt the difference? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a whole different excitement. Everything was different, yeah. yeah you, you know, you, it, it, it's, it's like in college when you go to a big bowl game. You know, that uh, playing in the Rose Bowl for me in college was, was the biggest college game I played in. I mean, you know, you look them in the stands, you know, you know what's on the line, you know, this, this is history for your team. Uh, and, you know, no matter what happens, you know, for me at least, I, I, I want to, you know, look back and, and say, not that we played well, but that we won the game. And I couldn't say that in my two playoff games. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we couldn't figure out, you know, how to rise to that, le- that next level as, as, as a team. So, you know, uh, 
that's life sometimes, you know. Uh, I always thought that, you know, I'd go to the NFL, you know, I'd play in Pro Bowls. I would, you know, uh, be on championship teams because from the time I was uh, 11 or 12, that was always kind of par for course for me. It's like, you know, I was used to to, to being that, that guy that, that always succeeded and, and, you know, had teammates, and we always exceeded, you know. Uh, but the NFL is a different animal, and I, and I, so I tell people all the time, you know, you have to have a greater mental capacity, I think, than just, you know, broad strength and speed, your skill set, you know. It's, it, it's, you play against the best of the best. You know, like, even right now, you know, I hear people talking about Alabama, you know, could beat, you know, some of the low-end NFL teams again. And, and you know, I keep, to, I, and I keep saying to the folks in Alabama, you know, that NFL acronym stands for not for long. You know, how many number one draft choices have you had going to the NFL and disappear? How many draft choices have you had going to the NFL and they're not even playing anymore? So if they can take the best college football players and, then, and to me, I, I would agree that Alabama overall last, you know, seven, eight, nine, at least seven, eight years have had the best college football players on average. Those guys don't make it for a long time. I mean, you know, you, you, can, you can really count on one hand, you know, uh, how many guys, you know, you have Julio Jones uh, in Atlanta, you know, that's making a whole lot of noise, you know. Uh, Hightower was a great player. He played linebacker. He's on the Patriots now, you know. He's a good player. He's not a great player. He's a good player. But, you know, Julio Jones has made, has made that transition. Uh, the young kid on the Raiders, you know, he, he's made that transition. But when you look around the league, if Alabama could compete in the National Football League, then they'd have more Alabamans playing in the National Football League, and that's not the case. Before we go, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Dallas. Then we'll talk about those Seattle Seahawks. See what's wrong. Oh, I'm ready for you. Let's go. <laughs> this is Chris, Abe, and Nez. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James, so you're also loving that sports talk. Cole, see you there, Chris? I'm here, James. Hey, you there? Yeah, I'm here. That's what we're going to play at Nesby. Nesby, you Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Nesby say, so he should be fired as a radio announcer, too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. That's the question. Well, okay, so, since we were talking about it, um, during the break, I, even though I, you know, we don't, don't always want to flip around, but you know, the, in the news, there's uh, the, this information that came out about Wake Forest um, that uh, this this radio announcer who used to be a former player at Wake Forest and a former assistant coach, um, when when the when he was an assistant coach, the coach head coach there had gotten fired. So the whole team got, all, the whole coaching staff got laid off. Well, then he decided to become, he went into radio and became an announcer there, and he was the team, he was the Wake Forest team's radio announcer. Well, in the last three years, there's been all these teams that have have been beating Wake Forest um, on, on, on all their special plays, and they're, they're not, they didn't understand what was going on. Well, then they finally found out that this radio announcer um, has been leaking information to all these other teams uh, on how to defend or how to how to run against their plays. Um, and and part of the thing that's going on is is that they're wondering whether it was a financial gain for him or you know they're 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 not quite sure. They're going to look into his emails and talk to people and find out you know what what's going on. But it was more than one team that was that was involved in it. You know, so they're not really going to affect the teams. It's going to affect this guy himself. But but this is going to be a whole new can of worms that's that, that's been opened. That's going to affect you know all college. You know, and and any, any coach that's ever coached for a team. I mean, how, how, in the future, how, how do you think it's going to? You know, what, what do they need to do to to stop this? You know, Abe. Do you, I mean, have you heard about it? No, you know that's the first I've he- I've heard about it, but it, it it sounds like it's pretty it's pretty dirty to me. You know, I mean that you know he's basically selling the other team's secrets. You know, on how how they're they're getting these plays, making these plays, and doing these plays to the the opposing teams. Am, am I correct? Correct. Yeah. So you know, it, and 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 then basically he's you know he's doing it for monetary reasons. You know, to to monetarily gain. Uh, for himself, which, you know, that's, you know, just, it's not right, you know, and I don't see it as, as being right, you know, you you can't, uh, just because you know what's going on with these other guys, it's not right for you to go and sell it to the other teams, that, that way they, they have an edge, you know, and then the fact that these teams are paying that, you know, that's, that's, uh, that, that, that to me is, is, is pretty dirty in itself, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I should have given a little more information. They, they, they're, they're, they're finding out, they're trying to find out if it was a monetary gain. They don't know if yeah, it is or not. That's what I want to know, Chris. I don't think, think I'll, I'll be surprised. 
if, if it is yeah. a monetary, well, the, yeah, the monetary is the only thing that makes sense because that the other thing reason, that people are talking you know, about if, has to do if with. If I'm another uh, team, then me paying someone for the other team's secrets make me a cheater too. True. I mean, it really does. You, you can't look at it. You know, well, you know, he's a cheater because he gave it to me. No, you're also a cheater because you took it. So. uh you know, I'm surprised that, uh, and you said it's been going on for three years. About three that years. That it's gone yeah. on for this long. And to me, it doesn't matter if he paid you, if he got paid to give it to him or not. You know, for me at least, those coaches are individuals that took that information and used it are just as guilty as the guy that gave it to him. So I, I think, you know, I, I would, it, for me at least, I, I think it's disrespectful of both sides, and, and I think both sides should be held accountable. Not just the guy giving that information, but the team that's receiving it and using it. Well, Nesby, you got to look at it too. You got to be a little deeper than that, Abe and Nesby, because if he's not coaching, is he going in there getting their place? Or because the coaches should have changed their plays up, right? You know? you, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, here, here's the linchpin. Okay. He's probably a former big-time player. Former player. Wait for it. You know, he everybody a, he knows he's also a former coach. So the secretaries and all those, you know, they're still on staff. They're still around. He's doing TV now. So when he's seen, he's one of the boys. So it's easy for him to go in and out. It's easy for him to get that information. He can say, hey, you know, what are you guys doing for this? You know, or what are you doing for that? And that information that he gets from them, he passes it along. So, I mean, I, I can see him getting them to, to fall asleep because, you know, he played a Wake Forest. You know, he was, he was one of our stud players, you know. Now he's doing TV. So... You know, so he's still regarded, you know, as, you know, a homeboy, whatever. So they're going to give him all kind of access because they think he's still on the Wake Forest team because he coached there, right? And, and now, you know, maybe he got so upset about how, they, how he lost his job, you know, he played the old card. I'm going to get back at them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just, for me at least, and, and, and that's just how I'm kind of hardwired. I'm kind of black and white that way. If, if you know a guy is giving you information about another university, then you should turn him in. You shouldn't, because this has been going on for three years. So that means for three years, all these other universities were taking that information from him and using it. Yeah. yeah. And you got to look at it, too. Like, that's sad, too, for taking that. You know, that's. We, well, you know, you know, it's like one of my friends would always say, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And to me, that, you know, I just always say, really, you know, and and then, you know, you want to talk about a, a player's integrity and, and all that, and you, you're trying to instill that in your players, and, and now you're allowing someone to give you information that you know he shouldn't be having in the first place, giving it to you, and, and then, you know, the old adage, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. Okay, well, at the same time, you know, you deal with the consequences. So, you know, like I said, the coaches that took it, 
They're complicit. They're, they're, you know, because if you didn't have have anybody to give it to, then, you know, nobody would have gotten hurt. Nobody would have gotten embarrassed, except for him. From the point of view, if one of those coaches would have turned him in and none of them took it, he would have been the only one getting embarrassed. So, so once again, you know, my management, my objections, my disappointment is, is in those coaches that took that and used that information for the last two years and never say anything about it. But by the way, how did he get caught? Well, they, they knew something was going on because of the, the, oh, the, the teams that used to uh, their They're plays like, were, were. Why are they were, not plays like, out? You know, something's not right. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it was, there, there was things that were just happening on the field that, that just didn't make sense to them. And it wasn't once, and it wasn't the same teams. And they, 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 they started looking at film, and, and they, they, said, they said, wow, they, 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 they were already, you know, yeah, they know Marcus on this. They, they knew, you know, so they, yeah, they, they knew. But, and so then they had exactly. to kind of, kind of go down one by one and figure out, okay, where did it come from? Where did the information come yeah. from? Well, you know, he'll never be in TV again, so that, you know, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, then, the, but the other thing is it, it's going to affect the future. I mean, what do they do? Any, anyone, former coach that gets fired and gets in the media, that they, they don't allow them in the, in the, the free access anymore if, if they're involved with the team? I mean, because the, the, you, this you was know, the guy who, who played for the I, I team. I don't have an answer, but I, I, I will say I, I still believe that that's an anomaly. I mean, you know, he's, right. to, to me, that, that's a guy that got upset about losing his job and, you know, wanted retribution. And so he was going to do everything he could to make sure that they had no more success. You know, so he's somewhat of a narcissist. It sounds like at least I, mean, I could be wrong, a narcissistic individual. It's about me. You know, they let the, the best coach they could ever have, me, go. So I'm going to make them pay. Now, I don't think there are that many guys running around, but I also think, once again, you know, when you have that many teams accepting that information and using that information, that speaks even more value to me. That speaks even louder to me. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you're you're really no different. You know, if, if you are getting intel on someone, you need to let them know that somebody is leaking your stuff. Because I would want someone to let me know, and I would let someone know that someone is, you know, giving me your stuff. You know, I, I would call a coach up, hey, you know, is this what you guys are doing when we get in this set? And this set and this set? And if he said yes, I'm like, we need to talk. <laughs> but but I, I, I agree that it's an anomaly, but, but what are they going to have to do for, for the future to, to make sure that this never happens again? Because... You know, a lot yeah. of times it is yeah. a, a, I mean, a okay. Okay. network. So, and, so you, you ban, hold on, you, you ban anyone that's ever been a coach on a coaching staff. You, you, you can't really ban them from stepping on campus. You really can't. So they're going to still have relationships. They, they are. They're going to always have relationships with those that they worked with on the staff. Because they, they were boys and stuff. And so it, it's a matter of, you know, as a staff now, how much should I communicate? to a guy who I consider my friend and the guy that used to coach or a guy that's on TV talking about the team because that's another way he could have got in, you know. Let me know what you guys are doing so I can talk about it on TV. You know, when I, when I see your sets, I know you guys are doing this and it just helps my verbiage and stuff, gives me a heads up on the play and everything. 
I mean, so that, that, that's one way he could have gotten in and get out of information. I mean, there's so many different angles he could have used to get the information, get the intel. And, and, and my deal is that, you know, for three years, you have a lot of coaches that have accepted his intel and didn't say a thing to Wake Forest. Nothing. And, yeah, and, and those same coaches are telling their players about integrity and, and, and being honest and, you know, and being truthful. And they're cheating. So, so what, does that, what does that say about these coaches that are supposed to be the leaders and the mentors and, and, and guys that instill some type of value in the young men that go to these colleges? You know, I'm up on my, my high pedestal because I played for a great coach, Don Jay. You know, and, you know, he was a man of high integrity. His word was his bar. And, and that's the one thing that he instilled in all his players is that, you know, it's not about you, it's about us. You know, when you put on that uniform, then you need to understand that there's a lot of responsibility that goes with that. And I expect you to always behave a certain way, even if you are out of uniform because you will still be that husky. And if you get in trouble, we get in trouble. Yeah, man, but still got to go a little deep. I know what you're saying about that, but you tell me every game, if I'm playing Alabama, and uh, he's going to somebody and said, what y'all got to do? And the guy goes, oh, we're going to run X, um, re- reverse around this. You know, everything is different every week. It had to be one person giving him that information. He couldn't keep going to different people saying, okay, what's this week? You know what I'm saying? So, Heavy somebody else in there helping him, you know? I know you're saying it might be homeboy go back on campus, but if you're going to ask in certain plays for that game, you know they're running different, and you're getting no plays. That somebody one person has just be telling you that, you know? Yeah, you know, and I, I would say that he 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 may be because of his previous relationship, he may have been able to even get the script that the coaching staff had. You know, for the for the next thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what it sounds like to me because, you know, he he's talking about like, you know, the other teams in your huddle. You know, they you know because because teams always they they have another sheet for for down the distance tendencies. You know, which plays they want to run. You know, based on formations and everything else. And so they know once they get in the formation, they're down the distance. This is probably the play they're going to run. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Am I on? That's terrible. Yep, it really is. It really is. I, and I don't have an answer, but it, but it, but it, but it's just terrible that you know uh, a, a guy would 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 do that, uh, and then you know that people would give him a pass for the last few years. You know, knowing yeah, he's a cheating yeah, asshole. I guess they, were, they weren't thinking that he would have done that to him, to the to the team. So, yeah. But when that happens, you got to take a look at okay, who all has access. Well, you know, you, you got your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator. You know, you you have the secondary coach, you have linebacker coach. You know, but I would say, you know, there's there's always a a, a cheat sheet, so to speak. Where you can get, you know, you look at a team's tendencies, this this other defense you want to run against this team. And then, you know, on the defensive side, you know, you look at the offensive tendencies. These are the defenses we want to run when we see this. So they they, they have a good idea that if we get in this formation, they're going to anticipate this. So we'll do this instead. 
I mean, all those weeks of you looking at that team, you know, charting what they do, all of a sudden they're going to change everything up for you. And I'm sure what they kept looking at that everybody was changing up to them. Everybody was, you know, all the stuff they would do all the time, they would, you know, do something different again. And, 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 and there had to be a pattern. You know, especially if you're on defense and you are really shutting down offensive plays that you once were not able to shut down. Right. It's like you're in a huddle with them. What's we'll do? We'll take another break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the CLC house. We got to Oh. And we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving also. Loving that sports talk. Chris, you there? I am here, James. We got Nesby. You still with us, man? I'm not running, man. I'm not running nowhere yet, man. Come on. <laughs> we got <laughs> Waver, the property. You know, Waver? I'm the property here. Yes, sir. And we got Abe. Abe, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, go ahead, Chris. This is funny. I'm going to sit back and let, let's hear everybody else just conversate and get on it. That, well, we're going to happen. Up, first, let's talk about what's Seattle. Gonna happen? We got Seattle Law. Eagles lost, Dallas lost, and we got um, who else lost this week? Raiders. Everybody lost. Seattle, pretty much. I want to go first. Well, I'm I'm going to talk about the Eagles or the, the about Seattle. I I have I have some information or something to talk about Seattle right now. So oh, yeah. the early in the show, you were talking about you know recovery of your body and so forth. And this last week, Richard Sherman, you know, cornerback for the Seahawks, he's basically been ripping the NFL, calling Thursday night games a poop fest. 
Um, and, and personally, I enjoy watching Thursday night games because I can, that, that means it extends the season for me, or extends, extends the week so I can watch more football. But, uh, but some of the players you know, in the NFL don't like them because, it, it, again, he talks about recovery time when, when you play on Sunday and then four days later you're playing another game and you know, he's only said like he's at like 50%, 60% on that Thursday night game. You know, so in your guys' opinion, what do you think of, think of Sherman's words, and how do you feel about Thursday night games? So, Nesby, before I have you start, um, Abe, I'd like to hear what you have to say. Uh, you know, that's a that's a tough one because you know when you play Sunday and then you got to come back and and play Thursday. I mean that that's that's a quick turnaround, you know. And and I, and I, these guys they have to have you know I know they have a routine that they go through on a weekly basis to, to gain that recovery. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's, like I said, it's got to be, it's got to be tough to, to try to bounce back from that as fast as you can. Uh, and, and, and be, and be, uh, you know, uh, at a, at a, a level that's, uh, that you can compete at, you know, I mean, uh, so yeah, you know, I, I, I agree with it on one hand, but, you know, uh, when when the middle of the week comes and, you know, I turn on the TV on Thursday night, you know, to watch a, a football game, I enjoy watching the, the games on Thursday night, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely got to be tough for those guys. So, uh, you know, I don't – maybe they could look at, uh, you know, something scheduling-wise, you know, as far as those games go, maybe – do them, you know, the teams that are playing those games on, you know, have a bye week the week before so that they they get some rest. I don't know. You know, I mean, just something to to, to help those guys out. But, you know, it, it is a competitive sport, and these guys are out there competing, and, and it, you know, that's that's the name of the game. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you. Um, so, so Prophet, I mean, Wayman, what, what do you think about that? I, mean, I, I think you guys both already touched on it. Um, there's kind of some duality to it, where as a fan, or at least certain fans, you can't get enough, even though they've shown um, that the NFL viewer ratings have been down this year, especially on Thursday night, because you're not putting out a quality product. The teams that they're matching up on Thursday night um, ha- have been pretty bad. Uh, you know, starting with the the first one where you had Green Bay at Jacksonville, and on and on. So you're not you're you're putting out an inferior product. One, it's not like Sunday night football where they've kind of tried to match up. Um, you know, this week you have the Redskins versus Carolina, and at the end of, or at the beginning of the season, you probably anticipated that that's going to be a pretty uh, good matchup. Where Thursday night been some horrible matchups. We're football fans, so we continue to watch. Now, more to Richard Sherman's point, you get the NFL talking about safety, finding people tens of thousands of dollars for safety, player concern. We're concerned about the health of our players. But yet and still, like Richard Sherman is saying, the actual people playing the game who are risking life and limb to play on Thursday night's are drastically affected. So you're talking out of both sides of your mouth where you, you, you keep preaching player safety and protocol and all these different things, but yet and still you're forcing players 
you know, and, and what we don't see as fans and, and, and being a former player, um, you play on one coast one week, you got travel time involved, um, your body doesn't really have time to recuperate, you're scrunched up on, a, on an airplane somewhere riding a bus from the stadium to the airport, um, getting in late in the town, wherever you're at, and then to have to turn around potentially and do that again, you don't have three or four days rest. You might have a day, a day and a half rest. So um, I, I can definitely understand a player's perspective and a player's perspective who has been fined. Um, and, and here's a league constantly preaching about player safety and taking care of their players. Um, but like I said, as a fan, why wouldn't I eat it up? Why don't I want to see more, more, more of whatever you have to offer me? And obviously the NFL is motivated by money. They have a contract, uh, and they're making billions of dollars showing this product. So it's not going to stop. Thank you. So, Nesby, I, I know uh, for you coming as a former player uh, and, and someone, I, I know that you, you have to have an opinion on this. Well, uh, a lineman uh, really size it up, I, I think, correctly. I think at the end of the day, you know, you, you have the NFL talking about player safety, but, you know, the dollar sign always trumps player safety. So, you know, they 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 have the biggest TV contract, so they have to keep, uh, you know, putting out, you know, games uh, midweek. I mean, you know, they're, they're trying to, what, four games in London next year, so uh, they're trying to make football an international sport, I guess. And so they'll sit there and, 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 and say one thing, but at the end of the day, you know, they want guys on the field playing when they say you have to be on the field to play. And it has, you know, and, and when they want to schedule those games, that always overrides safety. So, uh, you know, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, you've gone from, you know, used to be Sunday, then it's like, you know, Sunday night, then it's Monday night, now you got Thursday, you know, playoffs are going to start, well, not even playoffs, I guess for the years out, they're going to have some Saturday games. So, you know, I think it was always better when you had that five to six day rest in between games. You know, as opposed to playing on a Sunday night game, and then you have the Thursday night game. Uh, that was my biggest complaint: was that you know, why are you having the team play Sunday night, and then you have them play Thursday night? You know, uh, that didn't really make sense to me because I, I know it takes a while for the body to recover because you know, no matter how hard you practice, the game is harder. So, but I don't really think at the same time, I don't see anything changing with the National Football League, you know, because, you know, they're about generating revenue. And so they know that, you know, regardless of, of a team's ranking, that they're going to still get that check from the TV station if they put that product, you know, on Thursday night or on Saturday night, on Sunday or Sunday night, or not especially on Monday night. And so they're going to continue to do what they've always done in the past is that, you know, they'll, they'll have, you know, a justification that, you know, 
according to so-and-so and so-and-so, and so that's enough time for the body to recover. But the, the truth is, they don't really care. Yeah, guys, but think about it, there's behavior, waving. We all sit back and, you know, when football was just Monday and Sunday, you're like, man, we got, we're always Sunday to the next game. Now when they start putting on Thursday night, everybody, okay, we're getting another game in the week. You know, because once football's over, what you got, basketball, really, and then sports is born. So you're thriving for that football to come back in July for the preseason game. Am I right? I mean, people are like, man, we want more games on. So now you get more you games. Right. You're like, you remember like when you were a kid said, and you played fan. Atari. You played Atari, and you had all the games, and eventually Atari got played out. And I think, um, you know, you, you listened to uh, Mark Cuban in Dallas who said that football, as we know, it, is, is on the wane. Um, viewership is down this year, and, and, and there are some different causes potentially of that. But I think you can approach it different ways. And you're right. I, I want to see as much football as I possibly can. But would I be willing to sacrifice that Thursday night game to see a better product on the field and not have the NFL be so hypocritical. And, and, and therein lies the rub. But yep. as I've already said, you got billions of dollars uh, already paid out. Uh, no, can you say that again? Not, not millions, so billions. It's not going to change. <laughs> it's not going to change. It's oversaturated. I mean, it, it, yeah. it is what it is. But, you know, if you, if you keep showing me something inferior um, over a period of time, and I keep seeing Jacksonville you know, Jaguars versus Tennessee on Thursday night, I might find something else to do on Thursday if this is all you're willing to show me. I mean, you got you got Seattle and the Rams this week. You going to watch yeah. that? I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to watch all of it. I'll watch the first half, which is all you can pretty much take of the Rams, and then I'm done. And, Nesby, you're going to watch the whole game, aren't you? Uh, I'm going to say I'll be, I'll, I'll be in my seat in the stadium watching the home game. I won't leave early, but we both know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be texting by the time halftime comes through, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I, I seldom ever stay to the very end anymore. It's just, you know, I, yeah. I always hope that, you know, the game is decided, and if it's not decided, I'm going to still leave early. But you want to beat that parker. I don't know. Yeah, I really do. I want to beat that traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good. I think you had one more question, then we got to go. Yeah, I do. So, okay, Nesby, I, I know you're going to hate to hear this, but I just got to say it. This past Sunday was the worst loss I have seen in Russell Wilson's era. You know, I can't recall a time where, where Wilson struggled more for accuracy. I mean, he was having problems. Um, it, but it, it's never been an issue for him before with accuracy. You know, I think this week spot will, the spotlight will be on him, and and for, for all you guys, what what do you think? You know, what 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 are your thoughts on this moving forward for the for for Wilson and and, and the Seahawks? Abe, what do you think? Yeah, uh, you know, it was a, a pretty bad performance, you know, but uh, you know, uh, I, I think you know, I think he's got it in him to to get back up and and come back out and uh, you know. Uh, be a true champion like like we've seen him in the past. Uh, you know he's he's a great quarterback. Uh, you know and he can do some amazing things on the field. 
and uh you know everybody has a bad day once in a while you know so uh i wish him uh, you know I, I i wish him the best of luck and, and hope that uh you know he does he does uh get back on his feet and, and doesn't doesn't take it too hard you know i mean it's it's one loss you know so you know when when you were speaking i could actually hear um the thoughts in in in, in Nesby's head going thank you for saying that abe <laughs> well that's because it's true though I mean, uh, if, if Russell was sitting across from me and I said to him, damn, you played bad last week. Nine out of ten, I would bet you, it should probably be, man, I know. I know. Because he's already, he, he already knows that. He's willing to admit it. And he's not going to come back and do it again. Uh, I think the one thing that he's always done at at every level he's played on, I'm sure high school, college, and, and now the NFL, he's always been resilient. He's always been knocked down, but he always gets back up. So, you know, you can say what you want about him, but he's a fighter. And, you know, I would still trust my team to do better with him than without him. I, I, I like that response, Wayman. Quickly, do you have a have a something to say about that? Um, I watched that entire game, and if you watched it at all, it was very flukish. Um, you had passes uh, that that went through Baldwin's hands that got picked. You had another one that should have been called pass interference that got picked. He did throw a couple of bad balls. There was another pass late in the game that got picked on a screen that went through the receiver's hands. Um, Russell Wilson wasn't as accurate as he normally is, but the score in the game was not indicative of Russell Wilson having a horrible game. Yes, it turned out that way, and it kind of snowballed, but if you actually watch that game, at least three of the five picks were on the receiver or, or, or balls bouncing. I mean, if, if you watch the game, it wasn't like he was, with the exception of the, the couple that he got picked in the end zone, he was trying to throw deep. The other ones bounced off of receivers' hands, popped up in the air, and got picked. So you're not going to see that. You're not going to see balls hitting Baldwin in the face, popping up in the air, and getting picked by the opposing team. So it was a real flukish game. It wasn't indicative of how Seattle normally plays. It wasn't indicative of how, how he normally plays. And I don't think you'll probably ever see that again. If you Okay. All right, guys. Sorry, we got to close. But next week again, how you guys on? And we'll do it again. Thanks for coming on. All right, All right. Have, a great All right. Weekend, have a great week, everybody. Take care, Merry Christmas. Uh, not yet. Yeah, we got a ways to go before Christmas, so I'll stop that. <laughs> Take care, man. Hey, love, I'm sending you. I'm sending you my bill. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. James. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.